Welcome to the Architects Garden Podcast, a place where we discuss the intersection of marketing, technology, automation, and strategy. As marketing ops gets more complex, we help you separate what's real and what's hype. I'm Kristen Malkovich. And I'm Grant Gregorian. And in today's episode, we're talking to Dave Rigotti, who's the VP of Marketing at Visible and co-founder of MarketingOps.com. Hi, Dave. Hey, guys. So great to be here and excited to talk about marketing ops and technology. And also joining us today, we have Caitlin Stitch. Hi there. Hello. Thanks for having us on. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, Dave, why don't you just sort of give us an overview of like your your view on marketing operations and like where the market is right now? I love it. <laughs> let's get right to it. The uh, I I think to understand where it's at now. We have to go and, and look at where it's where it's been. Um, so I'll I'll talk for a few moments and apologies. I think this will be the longest that I talk in, in one stretch. But the you know, historically marketing operations was was really marketing automation consultant or, or marketing automation specialist from a sort of a, a title perspective and the. It was, it was a role maybe the CMO only knew about when Marketo emails broke uh, or when, when something happened. Um, you know, and I, I've been really excited over the last few years to see it evolve into a kind of much more strategic role that owns a, a lot more than connection of marketing automation to, to CRMs. And I think part of that is it, if we think about where the the function of marketing and, and what we do as marketers, we think a lot about execution. Um, you know, we, we go and do marketing. Um, and so we think a lot about marketing technology to go do that, to go execute marketing. And in the last few years, we started seeing a lot more around measuring and, and, and planning marketing. And um, these are really important areas for, for marketing operations and the I think the, the best marketing ops kind of people in, in the in the role understand this and are starting to take charge and have much more strategic roles in guiding marketing, um, and you know that bubbles up all the way to the CEO. So I think the state of, of marketing ops is is really great right now um, it, it, for those that are just getting started in the career or considering marketing operations as a career. It's this is this is great. This is awesome. This is where marketing is heading is is being able to the intersection of data and and tools and, and process um and is i think it's only going to get more strategic as as it kind of evolves and the next generation of cmos will will be those who well in the past the, this this generation of cmos are those that could tell great stories the next generation of cmos are going to be ones who um can make sense of of process and data that's awesome to to hear you say that to say that, Dave. I, I've definitely seen that more strategic approach, but I've also have lots of friends and colleagues who are in marketing operations roles that are very kind of like technical and kind of grunt work, just executing on stuff. What would you say mm-hmm. is like how do you how do you get out of that if if your job is 
you know, scrubbing data, uploading lists and running reports when you're, you know, you're just barely hanging in there, just, just keeping up with the day-to-day -day of the operations. What are some of the ways in which we, uh, in your role, can you move into up the strategic ladder? Yeah. Yeah, I think the one, one commonality I found in that is, um, is when people, and this is, this is true like for any role, but I think especially in, in marketing operations, is those that are able to find gaps in, in things, in process, technology people, are able to find gaps and then proactively go figure out how do we, how do we solve those gaps. So um, if there's a better way of doing something or a better way of, um, from a, a tool perspective or for people like plugging gaps and and helping solve problems for those kind of up the chain um, are, are usually rewarded, which is great. And then I think um, you also have to ask for it. Um, one of the things that I've been involved in recently is uh, that we produced through MarketingApps.com is, is a salary benchmark report. And my intention with that is so that um, those in the role can we can go benchmark a salary and figure out like hey maybe we have all this experience you know we're we're sort of seen as a this role of just uploading leads into into Marketo or into the CRM and it's much more strategic than that and we need to be compensated for that uh, you know there's you know that salary benchmark report is like to give you ammo to go do that so um, I think in the past there hasn't been great benchmarks like. Is this just a role that's uploading leads, or hey, maybe it's like a lot more strategic than that, and it probably is. Um, so I think it's like having good perspective on just what the role is, and part of that is like level setting with others, and and making sure that you're you're owning scope in your organization and being proactive at solving problems. And those are things, some of the things I've seen um, sort of be the, the the people who move up the fastest. Uh, that's excellent. This is uh, Caitlin here jumping in. I would be curious to ask you a little bit more about the benchmarks report. Do you also look into the types of skills that help folks transition up uh, the skill ladder in terms of operations or their metrics? Yeah, I didn't look at skills for this first one. It's something I hope to cover in the, the next one. Um, a lot of it was around location and years of experience with um, maybe the, the first pass at skills. Like um, if you focus on a particular marketing automation system, do you get paid more? Um, which is, you know, a really big mm -hmm. question um, that you can answer with, with us, like a more limited set of data. But um, over this, this next year, we're running the 2018 version. Um, I think we'll have a lot more opportunities to dig into different things like more specifically skill sets and, and maybe even like personality traits um, than just like a, a, a marketing automation system. So I love that idea. I think when I go <laughs> review our survey and make sure we're capturing more skills. So then I'd have a follow-up for you is, you know, what's your gut as a marketing leader about what you would tell someone in terms of leveling up their career and operations? You know, what are those things that you find yourself coaching folks on either in your customer set or in your own team internally? Yeah, I think um, coming back to the workflow of marketing, 
um, we plan as marketers, we execute as marketers, and then we go measure, and then we fold that back into planning. Um, marketing operations is in a really, a really awesome position of being able to look across all of those aspects of the workflow of marketing. Um, most roles in marketing are segmented in executing marketing. So doing a, doing a, uh, a, a field event or or running ads. Those are at its core executing marketing. Um, marketing op operations is one of the few roles that it's, it's designed to look across um, and and deep in some areas, but mostly you know across the team. And so I think look look broad. Look at you know do audits of you know how are you guys doing planning? Are you measuring things? Is it connecting with the way that finance and the CEO and the sales view the world or what their goals are. Um, I think if you just were to go, if nobody's ever talked about that in your organization, if you were just go ask like some of those questions, you can get really far. And then, you know, take it a few steps further and, and go find those gaps and plug those gaps. And, um, you know, I, I think you'll find that your role is more appreciated um, and you'll, you'll kind of be viewed as, uh, a more strategic advisor uh, to the leadership team. So you mentioned the uh, connection to sales uh, and finance, and historically, yeah. marketing and sales have been talking very different kinds of languages. And there's an aspect of that growth that you're talking about, where it's how do you influence the salespeople? Because I, I definitely find a lot of marketers who are interacting with salespeople, and that doesn't go the way that the marketer hopes it would go and like what advice would you have for people who you know want to not only just get you know a decent relationship going through those channels but also become more strategic so that they can make more money like if you can't have that impact on sales and yeah. sort of like you're in your own little marketing club and not going to break out of that right yeah what I, I i've had this conversation with a few a few people in the past, and what I what I find and 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 what yeah what I, what I have found is that it, it's actually a, it's a marketing problem. You know, we we say it's a sales and marketing problem, but it's it's really a marketing problem um, to where everyone else is talking about revenue and has revenue as a core goal. I mean, even success. Five years ago, it was about support, and now it's about it, it's much more of a, a revenue-driven organization. So you have success talking about revenue, sales talking about revenue, finance talking about revenue, the CEO talking about revenue, and then marketing talking about MQLs. And, and then, like, then we ask ourselves, like, why don't people get what we do in marketing? Um, it's because like nobody else cares about MQLs. Um, I find <laughs> it's a yeah, I find it's a marketing sort of. Maturity, I guess, and and um, the the companies that that have moved to compensating and, and measuring marketing a, a function just like the way you measure everything else on, on based on revenue, the dynamic with sales really changes. Um, you know, they know that you're aligned. They know that you have their best interests in mind because like you're financially compensated on it, um, and you. We've, we've obviously made that transition and we find that we make decisions that are counter to how a marketing organization kind of might operate. There'll be times where we drive less leads or times where we decide to drive fewer opportunities. 
but know that if uh, or believe have have a strong belief it's going to turn into more revenue and like that's the right decision. So um, yeah, I, I tend to think it's more of a a, a marketing problem than a, than maybe a sales problem. But if, so if we go down that road, let's imagine we all hired people yeah. exactly like you just described. <laughs> and who's going to be creative? Yeah, that is a fantastic question and uh, very worthy of some some clarification. Uh, I, I believe that the goal of marketing is to drive revenue. The reason we get budget is to go grow our company. How you do it, there's there's lots of ways to do that. So. One way to do that is go invest in ads. Another way to do that is go invest in the fantastic product marketing and have a great message that resonates with customers and you win deals at higher rates. Or go invest in a great brand experience and um, maybe over-invest in like something like a, a user conference because of the sort of goodwill it provides to the community. Now, the, the reality is you're gonna go do all of those things. Like, you need to be creative uh, for sure. And that's like, that's not the goal of marketing. I think that's how that that is what you're doing in marketing. Just like you're you're running ads. Like the goal isn't to like go run ads and like have a great ad. The goal is that it's going to turn into revenue. And so by saying our goal of marketing to drive revenue, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't invest in in brand. Um, you need to. Uh, that's like having a beautiful brand experience isn't the goal of marketing. The goal is to drive revenue. How you do that is with a great experience. Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. I mean, it makes sense to me, but I, I imagine how, like, you know, like if you say we care, you know, one train of thought is like we care about MQL because MQL yeah. turns into FQL, yeah. which turn into deals, which turn into revenue. So you're, you're kind of doing a little of a chain reaction sort of a argument. So they have to kind of mm -hmm. prove each step mm -hmm. of the chain and then therefore you get the revenue. I think that that chain gets much longer when you get to the creative. Right, because then you can yeah. say, "I'm going to be creative because it will catch their attention, because it will improve the brand, because it will do this." Yeah. And then, and then by the time yeah. you get to the revenue part, it's like <laughs> you told this, you have this like string of assumptions that you've made about your 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 buyer, right? So it's a little, yeah. the distance much longer. You have to believe. Yeah. I, I think faith has to come into that. You can't necessarily like prove that. Like you can't A/B test that. Maybe. Yeah. Right, and I'm not suggesting you do. Like, I'm not suggesting that, like, brand is a, like, you you go A-B test, like, a beautiful ad and a really ugly version just to, like, go prove that, like, better ad, like, good-looking ads perform better or something like that. Like, and so, like, something test. Like, you're not going to go do, like, a terrible user conference and then go do a great user conference <laughs> just to, like, say, like, look, we should extra invest in, like, having a, a band perform or something like that. I think it's just like you recognize the goal of what your marketing is and you can say, we're going to go invest in brand and we, it's not, having great brand isn't the goal of our marketing, but we realize that, um, but we're going to go invest in it anyways and you separate out like what is your spend that's going to driving goal and what's going to not and you'll be in, in a fine spot. We, we certainly go invest in PR for, for a, a mention in, in press that doesn't link to our website, doesn't directly tie to revenue, but that's a, a strategic initiative that we want to go do, and we're not sitting here like trying to morph it into like some some revenue model. I've definitely seen a trend though in the last ten years that 
Um, and maybe it correlates with Marketo becoming more popular that marketing became more like programmers, became more logical. They were like, okay, I can drive funnels from here to there and I could measure it and I'm better at DI tools. And I've been noticing a steady decline in um, more out there sort of, um, it's not just brand, just like personality, yeah. tone on the website. The, and I'm just seeing that seriousness encroached right. tremendously into marketing, which is one of the last bastions of the, um, what's the thing of Austin? It's keep Austin weird. Keep Austin weird. Right? Right. I want to keep marketing right. weird, right? And then <laughs> it, all of the seriousness is all what the, I'm battling all against. All the condos here. going up is what you're saying? Not to gentrify marketing, <laughs> but like it's, I, I definitely feel though that the that seriousness is actually creates yeah. a market opportunity yeah. for someone to be more creative and they get a huge advantage. Um, but there, that movement, that trend has been pretty steady for the last ten years. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, maybe I'll, I'll throw a question back to you. Like, where do you think it's going to go in the next ten years or twenty years? Like, what one thing I've been thinking about is just like really broadly about marketing is that AI is, is taking over a lot of aspects of the digital or the, the data-driven side of, of marketers. So up until now, like being super data-driven has been rewarded. And like, you know, will that still be the case in, in 30 years? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you have chatbots that are going in and, and like running, running some aspects of your marketing. Like, I think we'll see that trend continue with AI doing doing the execution of marketing and so it's like well what's left like product marketing planning uh like those are not the strongest skill sets of somebody typically who's who's like data driven like me me included so i don't know like we're so data we've been moving to data driven you think it's going to switch back you think the pendulum's going to go to being rewarding those who are weird and creative i i think a lot of, most of the marketers that I interact with, even the data driven ones, they don't want to be um, fired mm -hmm. by their uh, robot overlords who say like, <laughs> oh, I have a button that could do your job. Like nobody really wants that, right? And so right. they're, so they have to find like, let's say you're getting pushed in an area towards like irrelevance. You have to say, how do I be relevant? Now, one of the yeah. really interesting things about marketing is that, and I, I believe this wholeheartedly, that marketing cares more about the other departments in the company than any of those other departments care about marketing. <laughs> the marketing, yeah. marketing cares yeah. if renewals happen in the customer success department. They care if sales happens in the sales department. They care about um, everything in the company because they're, they see that bigger picture and that longer funnel where I think the other departments are more siloed. And that they have that opportunity to become much more strategic. And my my vision of that is that marketing can actually become a much more strategic element beyond like I think sales is very execution oriented. They have a process. Yeah. You know, you make these yeah. many calls, you get this many meetings, and that'll you negotiate the deal and here's the number scheme and they're like to a certain degree, they look at e commerce that is taking over sales in a particular sector and is B2B, you know, going to forever be, you have to talk to somebody and shake their hands. I mean, buying cars, you have to you used to go to a lot and shake somebody's hand and deal with a car salesman. And now you kind of don't, now you can just 
pre-order what you want. And that I think that marketing's avenue to become, you know, like have that longevity is to become strategic and say, how do we go to market? Who decides how much this thing right. is going to cost? What market we go after? They're using those tools to potentially enable them, you know, to say like, oh, this AI is feeding me particular segments that I'm going to hit. But how do we do that? What's our tone? I mean, the thing that all of the futurists talk about is how robots are bad at being creative. They're bad at being at yeah. writing a good yeah. connected email, right? And that yep. sales, I think they're more in danger of the robot overlords because what they do is so programmatic, whereas I feel like there's so much marketing. And what I'm afraid that the trend is going very serious, but that that robot overlord in the background, I'm thinking, no, don't give up the thing you're so good at. I don't know if that answered exactly what you were asking. I think we're sharing similar perspectives or similar thoughts here of that the like the programmatic things of our roles will be automated and and what's left will be creating great experiences uh, and great engagements, which is which is awesome. Like that's that's what marketers are really good at, uh, or, or historically have been really good at, and um, like. In becoming more strategic, you know, marketing is in a in a really good position. If, if you wanted to compare it to sales, where sales looks a month out, maybe maybe a quarter out for for planning, marketing is looking at one to to twelve months out or, or longer. Uh, I, I tend like there's a strong correlation to being strategic and how far out you're looking, and uh, I think marketing is in a in a good position there. So. Yeah, I'm excited for where things are going, even though my skills are more data-driven. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's some sort of balance that you need to achieve between being data-driven yeah. and being creative, and I don't know if anyone's really figured out um, what that exact mix is, right? Because there is there is a lot of creativity, I think, in, in operationalizing things, but then there's, you know, like the standard creativity of, like, what the email looks like, what the brand looks like, how that feels. But you almost need to, like, because, I mean, if you look at job descriptions nowadays, it's like a combination of, like, you need to know SQL, you need to know Marketo, you need to know Salesforce, and you need to be able to write an email. Like, those are all completely <laughs> different parts of your brain, right? Um, but somehow that's what we're being asked to do. So I think, like, trying to find that balance of, of you know, like a hard a harder skill set and, like, a softer skill set being, you know, like the creative side will be, interesting to see, especially I think as kids graduate because they have so much more exposure um, to everything just because of the internet. But yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. It would be something cool to, to benchmark in the next study maybe. Um, like if we can quantify any of the software skill sets that people do. I love that. Like you consider yourself to be data driven or creative and plotting that. I think that's a, a really smart addition. Yeah. Or both, right? Or both, and like, right. what percentage of your time is is cop what, out. right? Is it a cop out? <laughs> I don't know. Dave, I want to know about marketingops.com. I remember I asked you about it a few months ago, and you were like, "Oh, it's totally unrelated to visible. I do it, you know, strictly on my home yeah. computer and stuff like that." So it's like a, it sounds like a passion project, really. And I wanted to ask you, like, where did that come from? What are you trying to do with? MarketingOps.com. Yeah, it, it, it is a, a pure passion play uh, or initiative. It, it really started because 
I mean, we've, we've had like a, an incredibly deep conversation about marketing operations very quickly. And I mean, you can have this about so many topics or areas of marketing operations and it's, it's evolved so much in the last five years. It's going to keep evolving. And I wanted to, I wanted to talk to people about it. I wanted to get different perspectives and, um, hear what's working and, and frankly, like what's not working and what do people run into and get different advice from, from others. And I couldn't find a great forum for that. Uh, it, it didn't, it didn't exist or at least I couldn't find one. And so I wanted to create marketing operations, marketingops.com as this hub and, and resource for the marketing operations industry. And kind of there's a few components to it. One is, is supporting the, and facilitating the conversations with, with those in marketing operations, especially those across industries or across technologies. Um, you know, we tend to go to the same events over and over, um, that relate just to our tech stack. We can get, we can draw a lot of perspectives from, from those that are using other tools or, um, outside of our industry. Um, so facilitate, facilitating those conversations. Another is, is, kind of supporting the careers of those in marketing operations. Like we have a job board, that salary benchmark report is the first report, um, like to help go through that. And then eventually even education. So, hey, you're new into marketing operations, you're asking yourself, like the question we've asked ourselves here, which is how do you, how do you move up? Like how do you grow scope? How do you be successful? Um, and, and I just couldn't find a lot at the time when I started it answering those questions. And I'm so glad this podcast exists. Um, you know, this is a, a fantastic resource. I've listened, listened to a few. And so I think we're going to see, start to see a lot more of, of conversations around it as a career, um, and not as a, as the first role that you have, uh, that's a stepping stone to something else in the, in, in marketing operation or in, in a marketing team. There were multiple people making more than a quarter million dollars a year. And that took the survey. If you want to use that as like, you know, salary as a benchmark for, you know, can it be a, a fruitful career? And it, it certainly can be. So, um, yeah, that's all the reasons I started it. Where do you sort of think it's going to go? Or, like, what do you hope it'll happen with it? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I'm i on it with you, right? Like, I'm I'm in there yeah. with you and all of it. But, like, where, if, like, in a dream world, right? Like, where do you see it kind of going? Like, is it is it similar to like the Marketo community where, you know, there's kind of like a hierarchy of sorts, right? Where there ends up being like power users that help other people and then like sub pockets of communities or. And even before you talk about that, can we like everyone listening to this should like go to the website. Yeah. You, you can sign up, right? It's, it's free. not like a, it's like a, free. Yeah, it's, like a yep. it's like a website you sign up yep. and then, yeah. Like, can you just talk about like just the uh, logistics? MartyGamps.com. Like everybody should MarketingOps.com. Everybody should go to that and sign up. Like everyone listening. Thank so you. podcast brought to you by MarketingOps.com. <laughs> well, I mean, like if you're listening to this podcast, like you got to go to that MarketingOps.com. Like that's that's a given. You're not already. Do you guys have sponsors yet? We need. No, sponsors. we don't have. Sponsors. We don't have sponsors. Right. Yet. We haven't. We haven't approached any. But hey, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> we'll sponsor for free because. I'm paying for it all on my personal credit card. Uh, we, yeah, I think the, um, you know, where will marketingops.com head? Um, I have, I actually have like no, 
ego about like what it should turn into. And I, I personally like want it to be a large helpful resource for the industry. I know there's there's hundreds of thousands of people. If you were to go type marketing operations in a title field on a LinkedIn search, you'll come back with 300,000 people. Um, there's 500 members of the group. So we're not even at 1% of, of providing resources to, to the community. So um, my only thing is like, I really hope it, it continues to grow and um, more people join and have great conversations. Where it goes from there, that's where like the beauty of it being a community-led organization is is that by being a member, you can go shape kind of what we should go do. Um, I post polls on there, like, what should we launch next? Do you guys want you want a job board or do you want something else? Uh, should we do in-person events or not? And in what city? So um, it's really going to be a, an interesting experiment in how, how groups are run. Um, the thing that I care... So I care about it growing. I think what has to always be core to it is is facilitating the interactions between others. Um, so I would love to launch more things around that, um, whether it's um, in-person events or, or maybe webinars or I'm not sure, but I learned so much from my peers. Um, I do a lot of reading, but having a, an actual dialogue and being able to ask questions, uh, Hearing the the bad stories of what didn't work, um, which you generally don't read in a blog, um, are the the best learning moments that I've ever had in my career. So I really hope that continues, and I'm going to work to to make sure it it happens. Yeah, I've got to give you a lot of credit. It's great to see a community like this um, getting started. You know, um, especially Thanks. out of a passion project. Uh, and I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are a bit of hackers themselves. And so what did you learn as a marketer setting up this platform, either about community building or audience engagement that you were surprised to find out? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing that, well, so there's a really great platform. There's some really great platforms out there to help you go do that. So I went through and, and tested a few to figure out, should it be, Something like a, a, a SaaS product that that I can sign up, I can that powers communities, or should it be like something that's custom built in WordPress and all these different options? So I, I spent too much time playing with that, and I think that was just nature of of me and who I am. Um, I ultimately landed on like, hey, let's just do something really simple. I'm just going to pay a little bit of money every month and just have a SaaS product run the community. Um, it has some really cool features that I hadn't considered, like um re- referrals like getting others like incentivizing or or encouraging others to go send the link to to their friends or or their coworkers and to join the community and so we're at 500 members now 200 of them or almost 200 are are from others like for somebody sent out a link and said hey you should join and and I, I had no idea. That's way higher percentage than I thought it was ever going to be. I thought it was going to be like 1% or something. So I've been really, that was my one of my big learnings is that the tapping into the community to help sort of the community grow itself um, has been really fun. Um, so it's it's been a, a love 
working on technology systems, and it's been really fun kind of building out things like job sports, like things that I would never do in my day job. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Hey, Dave, one of the themes of this podcast is marketing to marketers. And we've spoke into a, right. a bunch of marketers. <laughs> market to marketers and you certainly fall yeah. into that category so and with visible you know it falls into a lot of the topics that we covered today in terms of being metrics driven and more yeah uh talking about you know revenue and things like that so i wanted to ask you in, in your opinion are marketers receptive to that message so as, as someone who has to kind of go out there and generate engagement and business in this on this topic what would you say is kind of the state of marketing is this is it you know most of them are kind of looking for who who are the type of businesses that are looking to be more more like that and who is not yeah you mean like the being revenue driven and thinking about revenue yeah. as part of marketing yeah 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 i think um there's still a really long way to go for that aspect of the, the when you in thinking about marketing measurement and measuring revenue and where where that's at, I think we're very early. Um, at least that's that's my hope. I like every organization, every marketing organization out there is measuring their marketing. Um, many are doing it in different ways or have different metrics, and most are not measuring revenue. Um, I have a strong belief that that. Many, if not most, will will eventually be held accountable for for revenue, which I think is very good for marketing. Um, I think it makes it so marketing doesn't report into a sales grown CRO, um, and and essentially like reporting into sales, which you've seen. Um, so I think I think it'll it'll happen. Um, not every organization is receptive to it. I think a lot of the ones that I, I speak to, maybe it's like selection bias or maybe survivorship bias, maybe even. Um, so I, I speak to those that, that are sort of opted in, into it, into that conversation. And that's growing all the time. Th three years ago at an event, I'd, I'd get questions of just like, what is attribution? Why should we care? My CEO asked me to drive MQLs. Um, and now we see questions like somebody just coming up and saying like, great, I'm bought in. Like you guys do this, 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 and this, um, which is huge, huge shift from just a few years ago. So, um, I think it's, it's like, maybe it's not the, the marketers that need to be on board for it. It may be the, the CEOs and just like what, what questions the CEOs ask their marketing team and, I think that's like ultimately what's going to be sort of tipping the industry. We certainly see it already tipping, but you know, if you think about you know a, a company manufacturing like construction equipment, are they on board for it yet? Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, a lot of techno technology-driven companies are um, because they're being pressured or focused. Their marketing is focused on growth, and and that's the goal they have from their mark from their CEO and. Companies that have been around for a long time, and, and maybe they're more focused on, hey, we get a certain budget every year. How do we do a bit better, or how do we do something new with that budget? Um, maybe they're not quite quite ready yet. So, it's a tough tough question to answer, I think. 
So to kind of tie back to what we were discussing before where, you know, marketing needs to become more revenue driven. I think we've seen, you know, in terms of like the adoption curve of like, let's say just marketing automation in general, I think we've definitely moved through like early stage, middle, and now I think it's like late adopters. Where do you think we're at with marketers transitioning to like being more revenue driven, right? Because I think, you know, attribution and tools like that are are really for those types of marketers. So are we still in like the early adopters phase? And if so, like how long are we going to be there until we kind of move into more like that? This becomes like the general norm, you know, if you have any thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I do. I think um, I'll just respond for, from like a more of a, a B2B perspective. Uh, I think B2C is a little bit further along in, in how they're measuring marketing and there's free tools and it's, it can be slightly more simplistic where you're looking at single sessions and not having to worry about connecting to CRMs or long sales cycles or, or offline interactions like field marketing. So um, for, for B2B, and if you were to go to sum up, all of the customers, all the companies that have a dedicated solution to help them measure revenue, it's like 500 companies. We know that there's 30,000, 50,000 companies who are using marketing automation. So they're investing in $3,000 a month software to help them execute their marketing. Um, you know, they should, should be spending that much on measuring their marketing. If they're going to spend that much on executing, like you need to measure it. So, um, you know, we're not even 1%, um, we're maybe approaching 1% of, of the total potential market. So, um, I think some some folks are like in some industries, maybe technology. It's it's sort of that that top of that adoption curve. Um, I think for, for for many others, it's it's just getting started. Or that's my hope, anyways. Yeah, no, I I I agree with you, Dave. I, that's what I've seen too. Is that there's a sliver of companies who are ready and tooled and want to do it, and it is skewed towards technology companies, probably because they're driven a lot by engineering, and engineering is usually a lot more metrics-driven, um, and then some of the and then other industries are definitely kind of behind. Uh, this is kind of the last question. Anybody want to ask Dave any, anything else? This has been a, a pleasure to chat with you, Dave. Oh, Kate. Actually, yeah, I do. I mean, we're coming towards the end of oh. the year, right? So we're starting to think about yeah. setting budgets and doing attribution. You know, if there's one thing that people are listening to today to get them set on the right track, you know, what is your recommendation for getting getting close to end of year? Yeah, I'll, I'll give two two sort of kind of quick perspectives of kind of why why that, that sort of matters for organizations, you know, measuring revenue. I think one, one piece of advice is um, if, you're, if you're doing some, some measurement in, in marketing emission or however you're doing it, you don't have a, a, a multi-touch kind of model in place to measure all your interactions, um, start with something that gets you that first. I, I see a lot of companies or I've seen a lot of companies kind of try to go from something that's like uh, fairly simplistic, and this is their words, a fairly simplistic sort of measurement model and and try to, to get the like the Formula One car and maybe they're like, you know, riding a scooter now. 
Um, I think there's a, sort of a, a middle ground of like learning how to drive. Um, so the advice there is kind of like don't get like too hung up on on every single little edge case. Like people who are walking by your office and see your sign on the building, like don't worry about like how you include that in a model. Like get beyond what you're doing today. Worry about edge case problems tomorrow. Um, so th th that's one, like go get something that like can help you do better than you're doing today and improve from there um, and not try to build the Formula One car. The second is that the reason that we're measuring, we have attribution and the reason why we we look backwards in how our marketing has done is to change the future. Um, be able to say this worked, this didn't work, here's why, here's what we're going to do. Um, that's a that's a a pretty strategic part of marketing and one that I think we're underinvesting in from both a technology perspective and just like a skill set and process perspective. Um, so one of the questions I get is like, why should we go uh, think about this now? Well, one is like, well, you, you should just be doing it. It's like good for your marketing optimization. The other is like, you're going to want this data. Like you need this great data in order to go, you know, have what's happened in the past so you can go sort of plan for the future, which is like the purpose of attribution is to go, um, the purpose of understanding the past is to change the future. So um, yeah, those are a couple kind of pieces of advice, I guess. Cool. And with that, Dave, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Cool, thanks so much. This has been really, really fun. Thanks, thanks guys. everyone. All thanks. Right. Bye.